Is this whole thing that we call normal really just a social illness, a societal disease? Bear with me here. The current president of the United States, you know who I'm talking about, the guy who got over 80 million votes, the one who everyone in the world has unwavering faith in. This guy can tackle stairs like a son of a bitch. He can remember names, places, and faces like nobody's business. Well, he and his administration are working with private agencies to develop a universal vaccine passport. Why? To help the whole world get back to normal. What is this normal thing? Well, I, two weeks ago, interviewed Charles Eisenstein with many of these questions. What's wrong in the world? How do we actually point towards where the root of the problem exists? And what are some of the solutions? You're not going to want to miss this. So, Smash that like button, comment below, share the video far and wide, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and get ready for this deep dive of Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Today, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. Two weeks ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing a man named Charles Eisenstein. I've been aware of him for quite some time. If you go on Gaia, he has this film called Sacred Economics. He has a book called The Ascent of Humanity. And also, he's very into this thing called Gift Economy. We're not going to get into too much of that today. What I really want to do is show... Um, several clips of this interview where he talks about what might be the problems of the world and how do we get hung up, how do we get past them and get past all of our own hang-ups and get into what would be more of a healthy society. Because we keep getting this word normal thrown around and we have to ask why. Why is this word normal used so much? We've got to get back to normal. Well, if you think of the people who've been born within the past 10, 15 years, or people who are coming into some kind of societal awareness now, they're going to look at this and be like, oh, it looks like we're getting back to normal. This must be how it was before the coronavirus, right? Even in Barcelona, concerts, if you take a look at this video, they finally got to this stage where they're throwing concerts and they're so excited because they're like, look, we can get back to normal. Check out what it looks like going through the line to get into the concert. Not that normal, okay? Now check out what it's like to be in the concert watching the band. Not that normal. Everyone's wearing masks. Okay, mind you, maybe the masks would come off and that would be the new normal. I wonder if all the nose swabs and the, the vaccine checks and all these different types of things are going to be a part of having to go to a concert. You need to have your vaccine passport before you can attend these types of events. I don't really know. And I'm not going to harp on this piece of news. I really want to bring it into what Charles is saying about the underlying forces that guide this kind of trauma that we pass on to future generations. Let's listen to Charles. Teenagers especially know it. They are possessed with idealism. They'll never sell out. You know, they, they want to do something magnificent in the world. They have a great expectation of who they are supposed to be. So what happens? Powerful forces coordinate to crush that native understanding. 
powerful programming starting in childhood. So what's necessary is healing on every level. Uh, deprogramming from self-conquest, from the insult to our divine nature that we are taught, um, that we are anything less than that, than a gift to the world. And that, that misbelief often accompanies trauma. In fact, maybe always accompanies trauma. Uh, sometimes it's the explicit, obvious, visible trauma of abuse and neglect, violation. Uh, but it could also be the normalized trauma of, of you know, being cast into a classroom where you don't know anybody and where you're, where you're confined indoors when it's a beautiful day and you're supposed to be exploring the kingdom of childhood. So what I gained from this is Charles is talking about the influence of the established world, right? We're all alive. We've been conditioned by it. We see society. We call all of this normal. And then we bring children into the world and we condition them to see it in much the same way. And we call that normal. We're normalizing our children. So this process of normalizing and institutionalizing our children into the way that we see it, I think is kind of ass backwards. Really, in a way, I almost feel like we would be better off if we put the major decisions, the big, big, big decisions in the world in the hands of, I mean, the final decision in the hands of a council of children with guidance from other people, but the actual decision-making in the council of children. Now, I say council because obviously we're not going to give all this power to just a random child. They're going to be like, my mac and cheese was too hot. Let's nuke California. We need to be a little bit more realistic. Are children actually like this or do we condition them into it? Do we traumatize them so early that by the time they're even able to speak, they're already wrapped in our hatred. They're wrapped in the cloak of our trauma. It's just a question to ask ourselves. But what is the wrongness of the world? And how do we actually find our way through it? What is the real way to heal the wrongness in the world? Well, let's hear from Charles. Normal as I had been offered it, and life as I had been offered it, and reality that I, as, as I had been offered it wasn't quite right. Uh, this, a sense of a wrongness in the world, and therefore a hesitance or a reluctance to fully participate in life. Different people express that reluctance in different ways. Some by lashing out and acting up, some through depression and withdrawal, some through self-sabotage, or it could be laziness, procrastination, um, getting drunk, getting fucked up, like like different ways of, of diverting some of your life energy away from the program. So my, my, my journey really was a quest, a quest, which is something that's based on a question. Um, what is the wrongness in the world? What is going on here? Why do I feel alien to this place? Why am I 
because life is such a gift. Why am I reluctant to fully step into the gift of life? And that led me to um, unearth the underpinnings. I mean, what I understood uh, as the underpinnings of our civilization, like the answer to that question goes that deep. It goes to the depth of everything on one level. And I don't want to be like, you know, a, a downer here, but on the level of everything is wrong, the way our society does it from birth, literally, you know, hospital birthing, et cetera, to death, uh, our attitudes towards death and the way that we die in this society, like everything is wrong. Education, medicine, money, economics, politics, technology, everything about the way we live. And then the, then the next step of that in my journey was, okay, well, it's not that it's wrong, but it is a state of being a collective and individual state of being that is ready to transition to something else. It's a matter of, of healing. And I would say in this moment, your willingness to heal because the healing is available. Miracles will unfold from that. I love this. What I feel like Charles is saying here is that the world is not just steeped in wrongness. It is so wrong because we see it as such. It is so abnormal because everything that everyone's trying to call normal is very blatantly and obviously not normal according to our soul or our ethos, whatever word you want to put on that. So the bottom line is, is it's not a world ready to die. It's a world ready to transition, to transform into something better because now we're finally seeing the issues. We're able to address it. When we live in a world so bereft from reality, so completely steeped in our perspective, which is influenced and informed by siloed factions of information through social media. None of us are in touch with reality. So this thing called a miracle is really our cynicism. It's our disbelief that any kind of major transformation or healing could even happen. I'm here to tell you that miracles are scientific. Magic is scientific. We are just in such a potentially cut off at the knees state as humanity that we don't see our own highest potential. We don't realize that miracles and magic are actually a part of life and reality. So how do we get to that point? Well, I really love the way that Charles ends this and I'll have the very full interview later on on my page. These are just some of the highlights. So here's Charles talking about the three key ingredients to a global transformation and how each one builds upon the next and why all three of them are extremely important. So this intervention, this other ingredient we were talking about of, 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 and you said it could be a psychedelic or something that's called in from the outside in response to our readiness and to our need. That is one of the ingredients and that it, it, it shows you that there's a there there. It, it confirms the secret hope that I was talking about. And it sets you on a path. However, there's another ingredient beyond that, that I was talking about earlier, because you cannot, and, and many people have had this experience, you, know, you have this epiphany. Finally, you get the epiphany. 
and you're like, this changes everything. And I've got to live by this. I've got to remember, I can't forget it. I can't forget it. I've got to hold on to this. And you eventually find out that you can't hold on to it. What was once an obvious direct experience becomes a, 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 a practice, a principle, and then it becomes a memory, and then it becomes, it fades, and you're like, did I even, was I imagining things? Maybe I was just high, you know, maybe I was just whatever. Like, that wasn't real. How do you hold onto a reality that contradicts the reality that everybody is holding for you and holding you in? And not just people, but, but like the economic system. I mean, you might have an epiphany about abundance, but our money system, our economic system, shouts scarcity at us every minute of the day. You will not have enough. Better take care of yourself. Better protect yourself. Better watch out. Like that, that and not just money, is shouting at that at us. Like the police system, the prison system, you know, all these rules and walls and no trespassing. I mean, the whole society is built around separation, competition, distrust. So how do you hold that epiphany? But the third ingredient is that we need help. We need other people to hold it with us, to hold it for us and with us and for us to hold it for them also. That's, that is the community that we're seeking. There's a lot of research about how community um, alleviates depression, how people are happier when they have robust social ties and are unhappier and sicker, actually, when they are, when they're cut off from human connection, which is the irony of current health policy, seeking health by cutting us off from each other. Social distancing, lockdown, quarantine, stay away from me. That's not actually where health, mental or physical, comes from in the long run. So the intense need for community has, in, has intensified in the last year as we speak. But it's not only like this animal, biological, social uh, community that we need. It's also a spiritual community. If we're trying to move into another story, another reality, another self, the self is not separate. We are relationship. You need to be in relationship to others who also understand this. So there you go. Three ingredients. First one being some kind of intervention, something from the outside, something that just dawns on you sometimes, a spontaneous awakening, a psychedelic awakening, an accident that causes for you to see the world in a different way, a friend that shares some words with you that finally lands in a unique way. This is an outside intervention, something that Charles calls grace from the outside. And then a lot of us, we, we hope we can just immediately be changed and forever we just stick to that ethos. But we always end up losing it and getting sucked back into the world the way that other people hold it, even though we're trying to bring that medicine to them. The practice and the daily ritual of bringing those lessons is what we would call the integration process of psychedelics, of any kind of awakening. You need to integrate that into daily life. That's actually what the Bodhisattva does. There's a Nirvani 
who arrives at nirvana and complete bliss and they're like, oh, this is so nice. I'm just going to stay here. Why would I go back down to the suffering? That's a cesspool. This is heaven. I'm going to stay here in heaven. Whereas the bodhisattva realizes we're all one. That suffering is also me. I need to enter myself, even though I could stay in heaven, I need to enter myself back into the suffering of the world because that's where the medicine is needed the most. This is why we need that daily practice. But the third ingredient is community. Because as much as we want to bring this and we like to say the world is our global community, really we need tight-knit community that understands us. So medicine community or awakened community. I believe what Charles is saying here is, we need to become real humans. We need to actually grow up and heal from the trauma that has kept us in these little children minds in these adult meat suits. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I want you to go over to the deeper dive because I'm going to go deeper into the vaccine passports. I'm going to go deeper into the normalization of going to concerts. And I want to show you all what I really believe is the real solution and why it doesn't really have to be other people coming to save us from the horrors of the world. We do need to wake up and we need to find our community. So join the Discord group. The link is below. Go to the deeper dive section at benjosephstewart.com, become a member, go to Patreon, become a patron. Uh, even on YouTube here, you can become a member and you will get access to the deeper dives that I'm really not allowed to share on the front of the paywall uh, YouTube. The algorithms don't like it. So that's all I'm going to leave you guys with. I really thank you for continuing to come back. I hope you really like Charles Eisenstein. And I'll catch you next time on Waking Infinity News. Thank <laughs> you.